Uh, we're going to, tonight's going to feel a little bit different, as you can already tell, because you're on sofas. Um, that probably won't be an every week thing. I don't know. Maybe it will. Who knows? But um, I'm not even going to really give a message tonight necessarily. Uh, what I want to do to start is just have a conversation with you. Um, I want this to be the beginning of a relationship, the beginning of me getting to join your family that you've already created, that you're already a part of. Um, so there will be plenty of time for messages and all the things to help you get moving forward and going forward. But tonight, I just want to kind of pause and tell you a little bit about my heart, uh, a little bit about my, my desires, um, and really kind of tell you my prayer and my promise for you and to you as TLR. So um, my wife and I have been here. Uh, we moved over here uh, five, a little over five and a half years ago. Um, I grew up in Gwinnett, uh, other side of Atlanta, Going 75 north, going places, was very strange for me because it was always 85 north. Uh, but we got used to it. And um, when I was over there, I worked at a church for about eight years. I went to UGA, then worked at a church for about eight years in Gwinnett. And I feel like God was stirring something within me of, of, I don't know that the place I'm at is where I need to stay. And so I was curious of where I would go. And I was leading a college ministry over in Gwinnett and had an opportunity to hear about this place called Woodstock City Church that I'd never been to about this ministry that I didn't know anything about called Upstreet. Uh, and then Gavin, the guy who Sam referenced earlier, Gavin Adams. Um, Gavin's here tonight. Hey, bud. Gavin was like, yep, I think there's a college pastor on the other side of the city that we need to bring here to be our elementary pastor. And everyone was like, excuse me? And he did it anyways. So thank you, Gavin. Uh, we joined uh, over here at Woodstock City about five and a half years ago. Um, and I led Upstreet for almost two years. And then there were some transitions with Inside Out, and so for the last three and a half years, I've been leading with Inside Out, um, and it's been absolutely incredible. Um, I think now in ministry, since I got to lead high school, in my 14 years of doing this, I've literally led every single ministry in the church. I started in preschool for the first six months. That's right, because I couldn't handle anything else. I was a nightmare. Uh, and then I moved to elementary, and then I did middle school, and then I did college, and then I came here. I started online, and um, once I did high school ministry, I've done everything except lead worship because we like for people to come to church. That wouldn't happen <laughs> if I was leading worship. Um, but I absolutely love getting to be a pastor. Um, even a few months ago, my wife was like, if you could do anything at all in this next season, what would you choose? And she's like, I just gave you an out. You can do anything. And I'm like, I want to be here. I want to build this place. I want to see what God wants to do here because um, I very much feel called to being a pastor and getting to lead people like you. So I'm very excited for the journey that I've had, but even more excited for this next journey where we're going to go. So what I want to do is kind of talk to you about uh, my heart for you. Um, the conversations about me joining TLR have been happening for a few months. Um, I remember the moment that we found out that Samer was going to be stepping in this role. My mind went to, I wonder if they're going to ask me, just in full transparency. Um, and we had some conversations and realized, like, no, that's not the right thing right now. And so when they circled back around and they were like, hey, I think I think it's you. I was like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready to go wherever you want me to go because I trust this place. I believe in this place. I trust these leaders. I believe in these leaders, and you can too. Um, so I have been praying for you for a while. You're like, I don't even know you. Like, That's okay. Uh, I've been praying for you all for a while, um, both as a fan of TLR from Leading Inside Out and getting to hang out with you all a few times. You may have been here whenever I've spoken here, kind of been giving Samer a little bit of a break. I used to have a man bun. You're like, oh yeah, I remember that dude now. Yep, that was me. Uh, and then quarantine happened. And girls, if you have long hair, I have so much empathy for you in Georgia. It's hot and awful. When I, like, I was, it was always pulled up. 
So I remember being here, being a fan of TLR, being around TLR, and loving TLR so much for such a long time. Some of y'all may have been in Inside Out when, you, when I was there when you were in high school. Um, I've been praying for you for a long time, but the prayer that I've had um, kind of connects to this story of what I hope for you. So the story that I want to tell you a little bit about to dive into my prayer and my promise comes from the book of Luke in chapter 2. And so in Luke chapter 2, we see that Jesus... Uh, is starting to grow up. And the beginning of the chapter, we see that his family goes to the temple and that Jesus starts to ask these questions and you start to see like this, this Jesus is different. He starts asking questions to the rabbis that are blowing them away. And then something happens in Luke chapter two that is one of the most terrifying things in in all of the Bible, like in the history of all history. Mary loses Jesus. Like you've been tasked with one job, right? Raise the son of God. And then you lost him. Hmm, that's not good. I got five little kids. Um, If I lose any of them in like the store, I lose my mind. I can't imagine what she was thinking when they got down the road and they were like, oh no, he's, oh God, literally, where is he? So then they, they end up realizing, oh, I think he's still in the temple because he's Jesus. And so Jesus is about 12 years old at this moment. And as you get near the end of Luke chapter 2, uh, Mary comes back, the family comes back, they, they gather Jesus, and then in Luke chapter 2, verse 51 and 52, in these two verses, we see about 18 years of time span. And in, cha- in chapter 2, verse 51, it says that Jesus was returned to his mother and that he was obedient to her. And then in verse 52, and this is where I want to land, and I want to get into a little bit of my prayer, a little bit of my story, and a little bit of my promise to you. In Luke chapter 52, they're going to put it up there. Uh, In the message version of this, they use these specific words that I think are so crucial to my heart for you. And so in verse 52 of chapter 2, it says, So he went back to Nazareth with him, lived obediently with him. His mother held these things dearly and deep within her heart. And Jesus matured. Like Jesus grew up. And Jesus matured. Growing up in both body and spirit, blessed by both God and people. And the other versions, they say that, uh, they say that he grew to, to, to find wisdom and stature and favor with both God and with men. But this idea that Jesus grew up, he didn't stay the same. Like Jesus was a 12-year-old, but then Jesus was also a 20-year-old. And he was a 22-year-old. And then at the beginning of Luke chapter 3, we see him as a 30-year-old beginning his ministry. And this idea that Jesus matured, I think, has very much set the precedent for my prayer for you. I love more than anything else the season of life that you are in and getting to come alongside people just like you in your early 20-somethings, your late teen years as you navigate this season of life. It is my absolute favorite thing to do, to come alongside you in this season and to help you figure out how to get where you want to go. Because the truth is you are in this in-between middle ground of your entire life was regimented for you for 13 years when you had school and you had to wake up and the worst part of your life was daylight savings time. It's now the worst part of my life. I am tired for 72 hours straight because I haven't slept because my kids don't sleep. It's a whole thing because three of them are in school. Your life was regimented for you for 13 years. And now that you're in college, you have all this freedom. Now nobody has to tell you what to do. Now you have responsibility. 
You wake up when you wanna wake up. When I was in college, I never took a class before 11 a.m. How many of you have classes before 9 a.m.? Bless your souls. Can we work on this? All right, every, raise your hand. We're gonna pray for these people, for them to have wisdom. Why would you do that? No, maybe you're insane and you're like, because I'm up at 5 a.m. and I get more done than before you wake up in my day. Well, you're a monster. So I never woke up before 10 a.m. because I would never go to bed before 2 a.m. because I was too busy hanging out with friends or playing video games or doing something that wasn't responsible. You have the opportunity to choose so much in this season of life that you're in. And I love more than anything else getting to come alongside people just like you and help you find that better that you wanna get to. But the truth is, you're never gonna get there unless you choose it. Unless you actually seek out the maturity that we see Jesus grew up in. So my prayer for you and over you, for every single one of you, for this whole ministry, for your friends who aren't even here yet, for the people who will fill these empty chairs, for the people you will interact with when you get here, for the community that you've already found here, for your family that's already in this room, my prayer for you is that you would be able to mature just like Jesus did in wisdom, in stature, in favor, that you would grow in, in body and in spirit and that you would find blessing both by people and by God. I want you to see what the more in life looks like that you want. And so I've been praying that over you for quite a while, hoping to see it happen. But what I want to also kind of transition to is not just my prayer over you. Um, as I'm stepping in, you're probably like, um, we don't know you. Uh, you're gonna have to learn how to trust me and I'm gonna get to come alongside you. But um, I watched Samer do something when he started as lead pastor back in August, seven months ago, not eight. Don't give him that extra month. Um, I watched him sit in front of our staff and he's been on staff for over seven years and so everyone knows Samer, but I watched him sit in front of our staff and get very honest and vulnerable and real with us and just say, hey, I know that I'm new into this role. I know that everyone knows me in this room, but I just want to give you some promises that I have to you I'm gonna make some promises to you so that you can know where we're gonna go, what we're gonna do, and who I promise to be while we go there and while we get there. And I felt like it was such a, uh, such a galvanizing moment for our staff to realize Samer is in this seat and we get to follow his lead and this is his heartbeat that we get to see, we get to come alongside, we get to get behind, and we get to push him forward as he pushes our church forward. And so I just wanna spend the next few minutes uh, giving some promises to you, some I promise type things. Uh, no, this is not a DTR. Uh, we are not having that conversation, but these are my promises to you in terms of the relationship that we get to build. So I'm gonna walk through them. Um, hopefully they land, and hopefully you can see a little bit of my story as we get there. The first promise I have is I promise to make this a home away from home for you. Every single spot that I've been in ministry, there's been this element of when I got there, there were some things that I had to get healthy. Like there was a focus on, on some things that needed to get right and I came in and was able to do that. Um, I don't feel that here. I've gotten to watch TLR thrive. I've gotten to watch your experience of TLR be incredible. And it's all because of this vision of creating a home away from home. I remember getting so angry when I was an inside out as a leader, trying to figure out 
They have the perfect slogan. Like, I don't, I don't know what ours is. We can't figure out anything. And they just have it on a banner gloating to all the rest of us of we're better than you. Uh, like, completely. Your home away from home idea is something that's so powerful, so captivating, so contagious, so inviting, and so thrilling to be a part of that I wanna help you figure out what that is. And I wanna keep, keep moving forward with that idea of this being a home away from home because this place has become a home for me and my family. My wife Larson and I have been married for almost 12 years uh, we met studying abroad in Costa Rica my last semester in Georgia. We met in the airplane. It's like a movie. Uh, but when I met her, I was like, hey, I'm Matt. I was so nervous. And she was like, okay. I mean, like, didn't give me the time of day. Like, that's great. Uh, slowly, I won her over. But our, uh, our, the very first day that we met, she wrote notes that night. There's 17 of us on this trip. She wrote notes that night. I'm like, hey, here's who this is in her little journal. And her note for me, I sw- like, swear to you, the only thing she wrote was, Matt, like Colin, wow, he talks a lot. It's like, <laughs> it's a great first impression. Yeah, um, it's fine. We have five kids now. So my wife and I have been married uh, almost 12 years. Um, we moved here when my third child was uh, three, no, yeah, three months old. Um, and we have really been able to grow up here. And I loved what I was doing at the church that I was at over in Gwinnett. I absolutely loved it because I got to lead people just like you. It is what makes me come alive the most in ministry is to come alongside people in your season and help however I can. And I was getting to do that and it was incredible and I loved it, but it felt like a job. Um, What I was really looking for was a home, a place that my wife loved, a place that my wife felt valued, a place that my kids could grow up, a place, a church that valued pouring into children just as much, if not more than they did, pouring into adults. And so as we found Woodstock City, this has become our home. And people like Samer have become my family, but, but this is our home, and I want you to be able to find that as well. It's very much connected to my story because we knew nobody. But the thing that we found out shortly after we got here Um, When we moved in, we had this contractor come and like try to fix some stuff in this house we were living in. He destroyed it. It was like a car drove through our house, but there was no car and the door was still up. It was like massacred. We had to get it fixed. It took six months. I drove from Winder to Woodstock every day. Um, That's not close. And it was a nightmare. But we knew that this is where we wanted to be. And what I found in that season that I think is so true about the idea of this being a home away from home is that a home is completely different from a house. We felt like we didn't have a house for a long season, but I learned in that season when I knew no one else that I had a home because it's where my wife and my kids were. And my wife became my home, my sense of community, my sense of comfort. And then with that as an anchor for me, I was able to realize that this place could become a home, that I could find everything I was looking for in the community of this church, the uniqueness of this church, the health of this church, knowing there are things like TLR and Inside Out and Transit and all these places that you have an opportunity to serve and to be a part of and that you have an opportunity to realize like two weeks ago when you're sitting here and there's a thousand adults behind you pushing you forward. We found that this could be a home away from home and that's really what I want for you. We say here that you belong here. We mean it overwhelmingly. 
You don't even have to believe before you can belong. You just come and realize that you can belong and then we'll figure out what it is that you believe. And so that's what I want for you. That's what I promise to you, that I will continue to make this a home away from home for you and for your friends. My second promise is I promise to be with you. I think it's really easy for pastors, for leaders, for authority to be for you, to do things for you, to have a heart for you. But my promise is I'm gonna be with you. I wanna walk alongside you. Whatever you're navigating, whatever you're going through, I want you to realize you're not going through it alone. And you've got incredible small group leaders who are pouring into you. You've got great community around you that's helping you with that. But I want you to know that our entire TLR team, in the same way they've been for the entire time of the past, is going to continue being with you as you navigate life. I don't want to just feel for you. I want to feel with you. And this is what shepherds do. I would argue that this is what leaders do is to come alongside and wrap my arm around you and say, I'm here, you're not alone. Let's figure this out together. I love, there's a quote by Brene Brown. She says, empathy is communicating the incredibly healing message of that you're not alone. The difference of empathy and sympathy, and I want to be a leader of TLR who creates a place where you're able to understand that you are seen, that you are known, that you are welcomed, and that you belong here. And we're gonna figure that out because we're gonna be with each other as we navigate those things. The third thing I promise you is that I will be a learner beside you. Um, yes, I finished college and went to grad school twice, so shout out to wherever it is for the crazy, super smart degree that you're going to get. Very specific, as Samer said. Um, but I promise even in my season of life at 36 years old, I, I promise that I'm going to be a learner beside you. Um, I don't know about you. But I hate it when people assume things about me and they don't know me. And I think that very often as a church, as the church and as leaders in the church, we start answering questions that no one's asking. You're like, that's great. Nobody cares. Oh, all right. Well, let's figure something else out. I want to be a student of you. I want to learn your generation, learn your season. I want to learn what it's like at Kennesaw, learn what it's like at the Marietta campus, learn what it's like at Life or at Reinhardt or in Atlanta. Or like, if you don't go to Chat Tech, Reinhardt, Kennesaw, Life, I'm trying to name them all. Are there any other schools that go here? See, this is me being a learner right now, live, in real time. Are there any other schools people go to? Huh? Georgia Tech? I'm a Georgia fan, so I don't ever think about tech. I will, I promise, I promise. Where, Georgia State? Or State, any other school? Georgia Southern? You, like, that's a long drive from Statesboro. You left at 2 o'clock this afternoon, and you get home at sunrise. That's uh, Southern, any others? North Georgia? Um, in Dahlonega? Come on, man, let's hang out over here. Uh, any others? Highlands, see, this is me learning, guys, okay? I've only been here five and a half years. I really wanna learn what life is like for you so that I can help you. In the same way that I wanna be with you, I wanna be able to understand you. I wanna be able to, uh, to be someone who can be a trusted voice for you, um, to come alongside the seasons of life that you're in because I don't wanna answer questions that you're not asking. And I think another part of this I want you to understand that is very much a valuable thing to me, that I think is a valuable thing for your generation, is if you will allow me, I wanna be really honest with you. I wanna be real with you. There's nothing else, there's nothing else that bothers me more than when people in ministry are like, 
yo, can we just be real for a minute? I'm like, yeah, bring it. And then they never say anything that's actually real. I'm like, you, that's so fake. Like, I just shut up. Don't even say it. Don't give me a false advertisement of something you're not gonna do. No, but I really do value authenticity. And I really value vulnerability. Because I think when you have those two things in combo with this idea of EQ, and you can deliver it in a smart way with humility, I think it just attracts everybody towards you. So I'm gonna model that for you. I wanna be real. I like The fact that I just got to watch y'all do life updates, brilliant. That's so incredible. Because it takes this big, giant room of this big, massive church building, and it makes it so small. Such a family. So close. So I wanna be able to learn what it is that you're wanting to hear. I wanna be able to ask you questions. And then you help. Help us figure out how to make this a home away from home for you and for your friends. I don't wanna pretend that I know all the answers. I wanna be a student of your generation. Um, But as I'm a student and as I hear your questions and as I learn alongside you, um, here's the one thing that I can also promise you. I promise to challenge you. This may be more important to me than, um, than almost any of the others because of my prayer for you. We saw that Jesus matured, that he grew up. But here's what I know in my gray hair wizened season of life is that you never get where you're going by coasting. You never coast into better. John Maxwell says everything worthwhile in life is uphill. And I think as you apply that idea, that growing pains type of an idea into your life, you'll start to realize how true it actually is. None of you were born mature. I know that because I got five little kids who fight each other all the time. No matter how many times I tell them, stop doing that, I'm like, all right, here's today's warning of don't hit your sister. I have a son and four girls, so bless his heart, he's gonna be a great husband one day. But in parenting them, I see, like, they're not born mature. And you know that's true for you too. Think back to when you were in high school. Think back to when you were a freshman in high school. None of you would ever ask or hope to go back to that season. You're like, sweet mercy, Jesus, thank you for braces, and thank you for deodorant, and thank you for my voice dropping, and thank you for a growth spurt. Like, no, no one would ever choose that season. But if you think back to the last four, five, six, seven years of your life, you didn't get there by chance. You didn't wake up and all of a sudden it was there. You never microwave your way into a better life. It always takes intentionality. And so I promise to challenge you because I want so much for you to get there because that's what God wants for you. See, the truth, the honesty about God's heart for you and how he views you and how much he's for you Here's the beautiful, scandalous, incredible part of grace that if you're not a follower of Jesus should be the most attractive thing about choosing to follow him possible is that Jesus saves you exactly as he finds you. You don't have to go and get clean before you come to God. You just come to God and through Jesus, he will make you clean. It is the most precious, incredible, important decision you could ever make of your life is to say yes to the offer of grace. That Jesus wants to save you exactly as he finds you, but here's the kicker. Jesus wants to save you exactly as he finds you because that's how much he loves you. But he also loves you way too much to leave you as he found you. 
He does not want you to become 40 years old, but 14 years old emotionally. He doesn't want you to become a 40-year-old adult, but act like a 14-year-old child. And yet, if we're honest, we look around all around our world, and hopefully it's not your parents, but it's probably your friend's parents, and you can, you can evaluate and realize that happens all the time. There are adults who do not act like adults. Unfortunately, maturity is not a prerequisite to being an adult. Time is. And so what I really want to do is challenge you to get there. I want to ask hard questions. And I want to come alongside and allow you to realize that maturity is better than harmony. And when you become a person who chooses maturity over harmony, you're someone who lives with the best in mind. My favorite thing to say is better today than yesterday, better tomorrow than today. I make my kids memorize it. It is built into the fabric of their DNA of being a part of our family. Better today than yesterday, but better tomorrow than today. Constantly growing, constantly learning, constantly pushing forward and trying to get the most out of life because that's what God wants for you. So I promise to challenge you. And the last thing, and the most important thing, is I promise to keep Jesus first for all of us. That includes myself. My family comes before any ministry that I get to lead, my wife and my kids. But even before my family that I get to lead, Jesus comes first. And when you find the anchor for your soul, the reality that if you lost everything but only had him, you could actually be okay because that's what he provides for you. That's the life that he gives to you. That's the confidence you can find in him when you place him first. I promise that here at TLR, we are gonna keep Jesus first. We are gonna talk about Jesus. We're gonna worship Jesus. We're going to love Jesus. And we're going to invite people into the incredible gift of Jesus. It is very easy, especially in ministry, to get sidetracked and distracted from the reason of why we're here. And it's just Jesus. It's so easy in life as you continue to grow up to be so overwhelmed by complications and confusion when people start to bring different ideas to you. And I want to pull back all the ologies and isms and allow you to realize it's just Jesus. That's it. It's always been Jesus. It'll always be Jesus. He is the only thing that you need. And so I promise to keep Jesus first for all of us. My heart is so overwhelmingly for you. And I am so excited to get to join this team, to, to get to join Ben and Caitlin and Caleb and Lauren and Thad and whoever else will come in the next season. I'm, I am so excited to get to follow in the footsteps of such a good friend of mine, Samer. And I'm so excited to get to know you, to get to hang out with you, to get to shepherd you, to get to guide you, and to get to spend time with you. I've been excited about a lot of things in ministry. I don't know that I've ever been as excited as I am right now. Um, but I'm also nervous. <laughs> I've also got a little bit of anxiety. I also got a little bit of that like, I don't know that I'm asleep tonight because that was a lot kind of feeling because I understand how important this is. I understand how important you are in the season of life that you're in. So it's a little bit of my heart. It's a little bit of my promise, a little bit of my prayer. Um, as we move forward, as we keep going, um, 
we're gonna make this incredible. Samer's right, and it's not, just, it's not just pastor speak. We at this church really do believe that the best is yet to come here at TLR. That we've got a foundation of something to build upon that's gonna allow us to reach your schools, to reach your friends, to reach your roommates, to reach the people that you have influence over, the people that you love, the people that your heart breaks for. We're gonna go after them and allow them to see that this is a home away from home for them too. So what I'd love to do is pray for y'all because uh, I've already been doing that a lot, uh, but I'd love to pray for y'all right now. Uh, and then we got three things we're gonna talk through and then we're gonna hang out a little bit. So let me pray for y'all and then we'll keep it moving. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for this place. Thank you for this church. Thank you for this ministry. Thank you for people who have paved the way like Gavin, people who have paved the way like Samer. God, thank you for the staff who have been leading through this entire season, Ben and Caitlin and Caleb, Lauren, Thad. God, we're so grateful um, that this exists. But Lord, we know that this only exists because you have written it to be. So we lean into your sovereignty. We lean into your character. We lean into your heart. And we lean into the fact that you love us so much that you save us exactly as you find us. But God, I am so grateful that you never leave us as you found us. So I pray right now over every single one of these students that in the name of Jesus, you would grow them up in body and spirit, finding favor and blessing from both men and you. God, I pray that you would grow them up in wisdom and stature and in favor far beyond any of their expectations, Father. I pray you'd see their futures and you'd help them get there. I pray they would come to realize and know the truth that you desire more in real life than they could ever dream of. May we find that those dreams can come true when we align our heart to you. So Father, thank you. We are filled with gratitude for all that you have done and for all that you are doing and for all that you will do. We just ask for more. We ask for your blessing and for your favor and for your presence. Be so real and tangible in our lives that we can't escape how much you love us. So thank you for loving us first. We love you right back. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.